Thanks, Demi. Thank you, Demi. It's always a, a privilege to, to come and share uh, the Word of God to, to His people. And, and, but um, today, uh, I don't know if you, if you were here uh, last week, uh, but, but last week, if you were here, uh, you would remember that during worship, uh, Dami called us to pray for one another, as actually today as well during worship, you know, when we respond to the presence of God and our things happening. And, and there is something uh, about knowing His presence that we want more of. And we want, and that's something that's, that I find amazing in our church is that we are, we are seeking His presence. Well, it's, it's something that we want to see more of. We want to see more of miraculous acts of God. We want to see more of healing happening. And, and it is amazing because it's biblical. It's the heart of God for us. But, but I, I was also reminded that if we, we focus only on this aspect, that might be dangerous as well. If we focus only about His presence, only about... The, the thing that we can feel. Because then there is a danger as to what happens when we don't feel his presence? What happens when we are going through times of, of struggle? And, and we know if you've, if you've been a Christian, well, for maybe, you know, I don't know how long you've been a Christian for, but if you have, then you will know that you're going to, f- you have faced troubles, situations, yeah. issues. Uh, and as Christians, we are not spared issues, troubles. And, and if we don't have an understanding of what troubles are in a Christian life, then there are two possibilities that we, we may start thinking, oh, but maybe there's something wrong with God. Maybe He's not the all-loving and, and all-capable God that, that we've been taught. So, because you might wonder... Why is he not doing anything for the situation I'm facing? It? Or you might be thinking something else. You might think, well, or maybe I'm, I'm responsible. Maybe it's because I have done something I should have, have done. Maybe because I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe I'm not praying enough. Maybe I'm not spending enough time with God. Or maybe there is sin in my life, which is you know, entangle uh, me. But there is an issue with, with both of these views because they make the problems related to, to our Christian's world. Whereas things actually, we, we know from the Bible that troubles, problems, they are part of the Christian world. They are not an accident. They are not something that... St- is not going to happen or it's just like for some and not for, for, for all. Um, and la- last week, Jimmy, uh, who was preaching, he, w- he gave us a great message about several of the parables of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, one of these parables is the, the parable of the sower. And um, it, it's, it's in the three first uh, gospels but you can find it in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and in Luke 8, we have the, the parable of the sower in Luke 8 from verse 5. And this is what it, it tells us. A farmer went out to sow his seed. 
It was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And it continues. But, but the, the thing, the key thing for us today is, what is this word means for us as Christian? And, and actually, Jesus tells us what the parable means in Luke 8, 13. In particular, I want to focus on those on the rocky ground. So it says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And that's something that actually Jesus is warning us about. There are going to be times of testing. It is not an accident. It's not something that happens to only some. It happens to all of us. We are all going to go through or are going through times of testing. But we don't want to lose the word of God. We want to be embedded in the word of God. We want to stand strong. And so that's why we got to understand what these troubles are in a Christian life. And, and one passage which is telling us quite clearly about what they do in our lives is what Paul is saying in Romans 5. And that's really what I want to, to concentrate upon today. So if you, if you would like, if you have a Bible, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 5, uh, verses 3 to 5. So uh, Romans 5, 3 to 5. It's something that uh, a few of us, uh, a few weeks ago, we had, uh, it was part of a connect group reading. There was only three, but we had a really good time with, with Tola and Damien uh, looking at, at, at these verses. And I was really uh, stirred to actually look deeper. So it's Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says, I'm reading from the NIV. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And there is something special here about this passage, and... and if it's, it might seem very difficult to understand that Paul is starting by saying we should take glory in our suffering. So not only do we know that sufferings is going to take place, but actually play an important role in our lives in producing things which are actually good. And of course, um, I don't want to go through any troubles. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that you don't. You don't want to be faced with any of these situations which are painful, which are hard. And the Bible doesn't tell us that, you know, we should uh, long for them, that we should be so happy when they come as such. But still, we should understand the place that they take because we know that they are going to produce things. And in order for us to step fully into the, the roles that Jesus has for us in bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth, then we need to understand the place of suffering in our lives. And, of course, 
you would know that it's only, not only Christians who go through suffering. You know, the whole world goes through different events, some, sometimes joyful, but a lot of pain as well. It's for the rest of the world as well. But there is something special that should happen for Christians who, have walked, who are walking uh, with, uh, with Jesus. There is something special in the way we should handle these sufferings. Um, um, for me, I know in my experience as to before I became a Christian and now there is something quite different in the way you know, uh, I face these troubles. Um, and I, I got saved 10 years ago. So uh, you get that I'm a bit older than 10. Just a bit. <laughs> so I had ample opportunities and, and events in my life to face you know, pain and suffering. I was, uh, some of you may know that uh, I was adopted when I was three years old from a South Korean family into a French family. But that means uh, I was abandoned by my, my, my birth parents when I was three. And you, you get that it's a traumatic event that, gets, that stays with you for, for, well, your whole life, actually. Um, and I, I still... Even now, even if I'm quite comfortable with it, I still feel, you know, lingering pain each time I share about it. Um, but, but there have been quite hard consequences for me to, to, to deal with this issue when I, when I grew up as a teenager. Um, I, was, I was quite, you know, I was, I was not the one to share about whatever I was feeling to my parents, to friends, to whoever. You know, I had a facade, you know, I would smile was quiet, usually, uh, you know, easygoing. But inside, uh, the story was not exactly the same. You know, I was quite full of darkness. Uh, um, I had thoughts, not the nice ones. Um, and I had escapes, you know, as a teenager. Uh, yeah, if you want to think now, you know, alcohol and different stuff that, you know, you should really do, but that was ways I've dealt with or didn't deal with the pain. But so one of the things I did was try to numb myself, really, you, because if, you're, if you don't feel anything, then you cannot be hurt. Well, that's what I thought. Um, and, and that was up to the point that I felt like uh, I've lost compassion. I was wondering, I, I really do, and I can remember myself remembering this as to Thinking, what if my parents die? You know, my, my adoptive parents, which I, are my parents. I was thinking to myself, what if they die? Would I feel anything? And I was thinking up to the point that, wow, maybe I won't feel anything. Maybe I won't feel really that much sadness or pain. That was, I, I was reaching that point. But now... I know my response now would be completely different. You know, I would, I, would, I would really know my heart would be broken if my parents were to die tomorrow, today. I know that I would feel utter sadness. And, and, but I know as well that I would know how to, to deal with it. And, that, and that's not through toughening up, actually, that we go through these sufferings. And that's why I want just us to go back to to what we've read in Romans 5, uh, 3 to 5. So Paul is saying, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. 
And so what, what is it happening here in what Paul is telling us? There is moving from suffering to perseverance, perseverance to character, and character to hope. And, and I know that now, and I've gone in, you know, uh, I've, I've lost people, dear ones, in the last few years. But I know that my response now, whilst mourning, uh, was not based on fear. I had no fear. I had, you know, pain. Um, if it was heart-wrenching to lose dear ones. But it was difficult, but I was not losing hope. I was not losing hope, and, and for the ones I knew were saved, even it was difficult, it was not joyful moment for me, but I had hope for them. This I knew, and actually the only fears I had, it was for the, my friends who were not saved. That was my, the fear I had, and I, it was a difficult time of grief, but... I know that I've built up, within these last 10 years, I've built up perseverance. I cannot, I can go through these times. And I have built some character, and I definitely have hope. But, but let's turn to, to the Bible to see how, you know, the Bible tells us about the characters who have built all these things, and who have gone through uh, uh, very difficult times. Actually, we can see it in the whole of the Bible. Huh? There are very few of the, the characters in the Bible who don't face tribulations and, and difficulties. But one of them is, is Joseph. Uh, if you know the story of Joseph, which is told in, in Genesis uh, uh, chapters uh, 37 and, and onwards, uh, Joseph uh, was the, the son of Jacob, uh, who then became Israel, so one of the forefathers of, of the Israelite tribe. Um, and Joseph started his life as being uh, the most beloved son of his, of his dad. He was one of the last one, and, and he had this special status. And he also was one who was receiving dreams from God. And when he was 17 years old, he received a dream from God... Uh, where, which you could interpret as him being made the head of all his brothers. That was the first dream. So he was 17, he was one of the youngest, the second youngest, and he would be made the head of all of them. And he had a second dream, which when he shared, the people realized the dream meant that he would be the head of his parents as well. Which is really... Uh, breaking all the rules from tradition in, in Israel. And what happened when he shared this is actually he started a, a series of very tragic events in his life because his brothers did not respond really well. That's the understatement. Because the, the way the brothers responded was to sell him into slavery. It's not the nicest of things you can do to your brother that you don't like. And, but that's what they did. They got rid of him and sold him as a slave. That's number one. So he became a slave. He was bought by merchants and ended up in Egypt, Egypt uh, as a servant in an Egyptian house. But, but God was still with him. 
So he was elevated as the head intendant of the house. Of, of the, the, the house was actually led by the, the, the head of the, the gods of the king of Egypt. But whilst doing his job really well, he was actually unjustly accused of sexual assault to the, the wife of his master. And what happened, he was put in prison. So you, you, you're trying to get a picture of, of struggles, and not small ones. Huh? He's being sold as a slave, and then he's unfairly accused and put to prison. And, and this is very interesting. We don't see exactly, you know, we don't have any things which tell us about his inner thoughts, but we see his response. We see his response each time is to continue to do his best. Whatever the situation, is putting put as a slave, his work is best, and his best is recognized because the favor of God is with him. And, and he goes into prison, he's not sulking, because that's something we could all do. Huh? When we face unfair situations in life, it's just to withdraw and say, God, this is so unfair, I'm not, I, I don't do anything. You know, why is it happening to me? I'm just going to sulk in my bedroom and not leave my bedroom. I've done this. <laughs> uh, younger. But, but that's absolutely not what uh, uh, Joseph is doing. He's doing his best and actually is, is being promoted again in prison. So he's not rejecting God's grace. And in prison, again, he's being, he's being given new dreams. So we know that God has given him something special. Huh? He's giving... He's been given dreams to, to make interpretation uh, to two important uh, people of the court of the king of Egypt. So the, the cupbearer and the maker of bread. So they, these two guys, they end up in prison. And Joseph uh, is there to make an interpretation of their dreams. And for one of them, he tells them that he's going to be released. He's going to be reinstated in his position. So that guy should have been very happy to hear this. He was. And then he's released exactly as Joseph said. Three days later, he's put back in his position. So he goes from prison back to the court in a really good position next to the king. A trusted position. But then he forgets about Joseph. He just forgets about him. And, and not for just you know, a few days, a few weeks. He forgets about him during two years. So, I don't know, if you are in Joseph's position, I don't know how you would react. Um, I don't know how I would. But Joseph continues to be faithful during all this time. And it's, it must have been very painful for him to say, well, I've done all these things, all these things, but still, I'm in prison. But the, the story continues, and the story continues as Joseph actually is freed. He's freed because he's going to make an interpretation of, of the king of Egypt's dreams, and he will be instated as the second in command in the kingdom. And, and he will save, actually, the whole of Egypt, and he'll save his parents, his brothers, etc., etc. But that's not what I want to, to, to focus about. Here we can see Joseph being trained. He's being trained in perseverance. Because he has continued to use the gifts of God 
whatever the situation was. Even as a slave, even as a prisoner. And, and we can see that even then, the God has slowly increased his levels of responsibility. And he's actually prepared him for his next big job. But I'm not sure is, you know, if, if anyone would have told him when he was a slave, oh, it's preparation. <laughs> this is good stuff, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm building your character up. Um, I w- if I were told this, I would say, hey, go on. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. I'm not... But, but actually, if we read other passages of the Bible, in James 1, verses 2 and 3, this is what James says. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So it's actually repeated in the Bible that when we persevere, Despite the trauma, despite the difficulties, despite the fact that we don't want to face the situations, it produces fruits. It produces perseverance. And, and whilst Joseph is resisting this pressure, resisting this pressure and keep on relying on God, it also produces character. And what character is meant here in the Bible in Romans 5 the Greek word in character means actually proven character, tested character. It's, it's as we are tested through difficulties, we are being refined. Like, like gold refines through fire, it's, we become stronger whilst we go through it. It's painful, it's difficult, but our character is being built up. And, and we see it in, in Joseph's life. His character, actually, when he steps up as being the second in command of Egypt, is not the 17-year-old anymore. He's not boasting anymore. He's very humble. And he follows. And when he shares the dreams, he's always putting God first. All the time. We see his character has been refined. Another... Amazing example of the Bible of people who have been literally refined through fire are uh, uh, Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Ab- Abednego in Daniel 3. It's, and, and it tells us that these three guys, uh, they were in a foreign land. They were uh, high-ranking civil servants. Uh, and, and the king of the land had decided that everybody should bow to his image. You know, he was setting himself as a god in his land. And, and these three, they were faithful to God and said, no, we won't bow down to this image of a god. We only follow the Lord. And the response was for the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, to, to, uh, to sentence them to death through being burned in a furnace. And that's what we read uh, in, uh, in Daniel 3, verses 16. So in Daniel 3, verses 16, that's what we read. Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, it was an amazing test of character. They are facing death. It's very easy to relent and to say, no, I don't want to die, God. I just do whatever they tell me to do. But that's not what they say. They say, even in face of death, they will not deny God. They, keep, they stay faithful. We know here their character is strong. Huh? And we know this because their hope is still there as well. Because they know that God can intervene. They know this, but the most amazing part is not that they know that God can intervene, but that they say, even if he does not, we will not serve other gods. It's just incredible. But of course God is good and, and, and God actually did something amazing, did a miracle in, in Daniel 3. We, if we read further down in, in verse 24, we read that King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement as to his, his, these guys are put in the furnace and they are coming back. Unbound and, un, and unarmed. And he says in verse 25, and look, the fourth one looks like the son of the gods. Remember there were three of them going in. And the king sees four, including one which looks like one of a son of the gods. Now it's not clear whether it's a pre-incarnate Jesus or an angel. But what we know is that when they were facing the difficulties, God was with them. They couldn't see him. They couldn't see, but God was with them. He may not have done anything. He did. He did save them. But even if he didn't, he would still have been with them. And this picture, I think, is, is for all of us. Huh? Even if you're going through difficult times right now, even if you cannot see the hand of God, even if you not, cannot see God moving, the healing you are calling for hasn't happened, even if you have been prayed for. The, the situation you're facing hasn't changed. But what is certain is even if you don't see the response of God now, God is with you. Even if you don't see him. And, and the most amazing figure of all in the Bible, of course, is Jesus. And, and we can, like Jesus, tell God that we don't want to drink the bitter cup. That we don't want to face a situation. Even Jesus said so to Lord the Father. He asked the Father, God, can you take this cup away from me? Uh, that's what we read in, in Mark 14, for instance. In Mark 14, so that's something, you know, Easter is next month. So that's something we're going to, to look at. But in Mark 14, just before Jesus was arrested... Uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, 
It says something in Mark 14:34. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Because Jesus knows what's going to happen. He knows he's going to die a shameful death on the cross. He's going to be vilified. He's going to be seen as a, a criminal. Even if we know he hasn't done anything. He's pure. He's blameless. But we know he's going to suffer. And he knows he's going to suffer intensely for all of us. And his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. But his response in verse 36 is to say, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. But in the same way as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, but yet not what I will, but what you will. So we know that even Jesus did. Was not, it was not with a joy of heart that actually he went through the cross. He knew it was going to be incredibly painful. We cannot imagine how painful that has been. And even worse, he knew that he would be separated from God the Father for a while. He knew this. But still, that's what he told. Not what I will, but what you will. And, and you, might want to, you, might, you might be in the same situation and you might want to cry out against God and say, God, why have you forsaken me? You might want to cry and shout, but that's okay. We see Jesus is doing it. We see it, uh, uh, the psalmist, the, the ones who wrote the psalms, they are doing it over and over again at times, saying, why is it happening? But what we know as well, it always ends with Praise to the Lord. Even in the midst of troubles, we praise him because we know he walks with us. We know that actually through his son, he has suffered much more than we can imagine. And all of this for us. So to conclude, I'd like to turn us to earth to turn to Hebrew uh, chapter 12. So if you can turn to Hebrew Chapter 12. So Hebrew chapter 12 verse 1. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such a position from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, and then move to verse 18. So Hebrews 12:18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and is burning with fire, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. By the way, that's you guys, if you are following a follower of Jesus. You are part of the church of the firstborn. Your names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Verse 28. Therefore... 
Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So that's the last bit, hope. Even through all our tribulations, we have hope. We have hope because of what Jesus has done. We can bear our cross, our tribulations, by putting the suffering in the perspective of what Jesus tells us about Christian life. There will be suffering, you know. Even if it's not, you know, because of your face, you will face, or you are facing suffering. But we are the children of God. We are the church. And through his church, he will reign. Through us, he will reign. Therefore, we know we can persevere against adversity. We can develop our characters. We can make sure that the hope we have is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that despite everything that we may be facing, despite the difficulties of, in our lives, despite death, despite disease, despite pain, you are here with us. And even through these situations, we can develop our strengths, we can build up our character, we can persevere, and we can gaze up upon you, Jesus, because we know you are always with us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.